Welcome to the B2B Marketing and Copywriting Podcast. I'm your host, Linda Malone, certified conversion copywriter, copy strategist, and founder of Copyworks. Join me each week as I speak with experts in the fields of marketing, copywriting, decision-making, psychology, and more, all with one goal, to help you attract your ideal customers and inspire them to take action. Yes, today is Nicole Williamson. Nicole is a branding and digital marketing expert, currently serving as the Chief Branding Officer at Zilker Media, an Austin-based agency dedicated to helping people-driven brands. She oversees and creates digital strategies for Austin-based brands, thought leaders, and best-selling national authors. She believes in the power of community and leverages that philosophy with clients to build successful campaigns and partnerships. So today, Nicole is going to talk about why LinkedIn is becoming the best platform for personal branding, why C-Suite should humanize their content to drive authentic thought leadership, and the best strategies to drive personal thought leadership while elevating brand awareness for their company. Let's jump right in. Okay, Nicole, I'm so happy to finally meet you and, and get you on the podcast. Thank you so much for taking time today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for our conversation. Yeah. And it's it's always interesting when the first conversation you ever have with a person is on a podcast. So it's and recorded. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's always like a little awkward. Like, I don't know. I don't know this person at all. But one of those things I wanted to talk about, because as I said, I, we don't know each other, but I know you told me that you're a sports fan. So can you tell me a little bit about how did you get into sports and what kind of sports are you into? Yeah, we joke that I'm the son my my dad wanted, but the daughter my mom my mom got essentially. Uh, but he just made me a diehard sports fan. So, and I play golf. I am a diehard football and baseball fan. So I go. We're in Austin, Texas. So diehard Longhorns and going into everything that they have for the most part. Interesting. And the thing is, too, you said you're into golf. I mean, golf is not something that is usually lumped in with like football and other sports because it's more of a strategic sort of. It was the only sport I was actually like naturally good at. Everything else, even though I'm very tall, was not good at any sport. Not the most athletic, but I I can play golf and I loved it. Um, it's something I get to do with my dad and my husband. And I use it, I get to do it a lot for work too, which makes it a lot of fun. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, we used to work as a personal trainer and I had a lot of golfers as clients. And I had a client who was a woman who, for some reason, she just had a knack for it, like you're saying. And and she would just not golf all summer. And then her brothers would challenge her and she would beat them and they would get so upset with her. Yeah. I love that. Some people have a natural affinity for things. But yeah, to jump into this. So you are the chief brand officer at Zilker Media. And on your bio, it says you're dedicated to building people-driven brands. So can you define what that is? What do you mean by people-driven? Aren't all brands people-driven or no? It's become more popular over the past probably year, two years, where people are more familiar with the phrase people-driven. But for many years, it was corporate-focused or company-focused, and people had their brands driven by a logo or imagery or what their website looks like. But how we view it at Zilker and and our methodology has been, it's about the person behind the brand and the company. People want to connect with people and trust is missing a lot now behind brands. You know, people aren't quick to trust a corporation or do business with them. 
they want to trust the individual who's leading it. So we focus a lot of working with executives and founders, entrepreneurs who are running and creating these companies and helping them establish their personal brand and presence online. So all of the corporate stuff that they're doing, all of their business goals are following alongside them. And so people can connect with that individual. Yeah. And that does seem to be a huge thing, especially like on LinkedIn, where you know mm-hmm. everyone's talking about, you know, you have to get out from behind your logo and yes. just be more people oriented. So do you think that it's becoming the best platform for personal branding? LinkedIn to me by far is the best for that. It's one of the truest algorithms to date, but it also just as allowing people to share their expertise and their thought leadership without some of the other junk that gets kind of in the way on social media. I feel like people spend really thoughtful and engaging time on LinkedIn and they share things that are going to help people and they're going to share their expertise to generate conversations. And Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, those all have their time in place for sure, especially if you're targeting different individuals. But if your goal is to really drive your business and drive business growth, LinkedIn is usually the way to to go about that. We're just seeing the best results there. Yeah, and that makes sense, especially for B2B. And I found that right. like LinkedIn is is always supportive. Like even if people mm-hmm. disagree, I mean there are occasions of course if somebody's going to bring up something like politics, which is just dumb to do sure. on that platform. But if sure. you <laughs> if you do something like that, you're going to get a lot of pushback and you're going to have arguments. But for the most part, even if people disagree with you, I find, because I've been on there really steadily for over two years and mm-hmm. people will present their case and say, well, you know, did you think about this? And it's usually kind of logical discussion, even if they don't yeah. agree with your perspective. Right. People just trying to start engaging conversations and connecting with people. And you see the comment threads that have really great insights and feedback. I just think it provides some of the most meaningful and valuable content, but also driving the most community building too. You know, people are following not just to follow, they're following because they're gaining insights that are helping them maybe in their career or helping them in their business. um, And they're they're connecting and building that community around those those ideas. And I think that's just really powerful. Yeah. Do you think it really took off at during the pandemic? Because I that's about when I got on. So I'm just wondering Yeah, I think it's been steadily climbing. I've been with Zilker for six years and we started doing LinkedIn pretty pretty quickly from the beginning. Uh, We started to see that become more and more of a platform. But I would say, yeah, probably with the pandemic in the last three, maybe even four years, I've seen it really, really take off. And especially, it seems like it's the social media platform that still has the most trust behind it where people actually like to get on it and engage and they feel like they're getting the content fed to them that is the right content. And so uh, I think that's where people really kind of gravitated towards. And it became less about job searching um, and it became more about just engaging and building authentic relationships. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I've made some really good friends on LinkedIn and and what's cool is that they're all around the world. I know people in like every country and it, they're people who I'd never meet otherwise. I mean, I guess right. every social media, but I'm not active on anything else. I'll lurk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's it's people who are, you know, I'm not saying that people aren't genuine on other platforms, but it does feel like people spend the real energy to write meaningful and engaging pieces here. And 
and definitely B2B. And we see it B2C too, even, or people vetting a business, they may go to that executive's content and see what they're posting about and what is their values of their brand and their mission and then how do they engage with their employees? You know, it's a great recruiting tool just from that perspective too. It's yeah. just used in so many ways that it's it's really great. It's almost like, like I'm a big gym rat. I work out, I used to be a personal trainer. So I meet people at the gym and it's almost like the same idea where you see people, like I go the same time every day. And after a while, you see other people there. So it's like on LinkedIn, you see the same people yeah. and, and you become familiar. Then you start saying hello and then you start conversations and it's a very natural sort of progression. Yeah. Aside from people who, you know, pitch slap when they see you and right. like <laughs> hire me. And- yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I think where people are just kind of gravitating towards is that authentic connection. And they're finding that there and like, and they're building upon it and they're going back to find more insights that are helpful and people are building communities. And I think that's how social media should be used. And I love seeing it used for that. Yeah. Well, what are some of the mistakes you think that, especially B2B, like what are people doing? Like say there's a company and they're like, you know what? I want to go on because a lot of them are still just posting when there's somebody's promoted or they hire somebody. Like what are some mistakes that they're making that you see? A few things I probably see the most is people really putting all their energy and focus into a company LinkedIn page. It's good to have. It's good for SEO. It's good for presence. It's good to post and have that. It's not going to go very far though. They don't perform as well as individual pages, which makes sense. It's how the platform was created. And so I see people who just spend all their energy and focus into posting on that, but no one really shares it from the company. No one's engaging with it. That's just sitting there kind of living and breathing and not going anywhere beyond that. From a sales side, LinkedIn's used obviously a lot for sales, not positioning your sales team to be thought leaders on the platform is a disservice because they really should be their own thought leaders. They're the... They're the face of your brand or your company. They're the ones meeting people. They're the ones out in the community. They're the ones that people are going to go search when they meet them at a happy hour or whatever it may be. Positioning your team to also be thought leaders and putting them out in the forefront is the best way forward. And we, you know, that's a big miss that I see pretty often. And then there's, you know, there's small things like people don't have their things filled out or not having a high quality headshot. Those small things go a long way. Your cover photo. People either don't do one or they may choose a photo that may not be the right representation of who they are. So it's just putting more thought into some of those things, uh, which when you join, you may not think through. Those are just kind of small tweaks that can make a big difference. Yeah, I agree. I've worked with a couple of, I've just hired LinkedIn like coaches just on an hourly rate here and there just to get some ideas. And everyone has a different approach, but- yeah, it, it's a matter of trying things too, you know, but some of it is obvious. Like you said, like a clear headshot. Like I always joke that there was a woman, I don't know, this was years ago. I, I, maybe she's changed. She had a headshot with her in a llama. Like there was a llama head. And I'm like, what is, what is going on here? So, you know, if people are going to look at something like that and then question what they're yeah. looking at or why, you know, you've done something, it kind of takes away from it. And then it there's the selfies, people taking selfies. I don't see that so much. I don't get people like that on my 
timeline. But I think it's gone away a little bit. And I would even say it's okay to show personality on LinkedIn. You know, I think people are scared to do that. Sometimes it's like, oh, I have to be so professional and so corporate feel. I'm like, you actually don't. Yeah. You know, yes, it is a more professional audience and tone, but some of the best content and the highest performing content is personal. You're out with your family. You spent Mother's Day with your mom. Things like that do perform really well because it's humanizing. People want to, again, connect with people. And if you're just kind of putting this front out there that doesn't showcase that, it's a missed opportunity. I think it's tough because, you know, I'm speaking for myself and it's kind of a fine line. Like when I lost my mom a couple of years ago and I posted, that got a tremendous amount of attention, but it wasn't like business attention, but it, it it's something that happened. It was, yeah. I mean, so I'll post, but it's pretty rare for me to do something post something like that. I just feel like, I don't know, I'm just uncomfortable about it, you know? Yeah. So I tend to stick with what I, what I know and what I'm trying to get out there, you know? I think it's finding the right moments, you know, not doing it all the time or, and if something has a massive impact on your life, something like that you experienced, I think that's great to share if you're comfortable with that. And I know a lot of people don't want to share their kids and things on Facebook or on LinkedIn or whatever it is, which is completely and totally understandable. Yeah. But you're there's such a mix now of work and life and they affect one another so much that I think that's becoming more common. Mm-hmm. And so I don't do it a lot either. I don't share a whole bunch of personal things, but every once in a while, I was with my mom or I did this or whatever it may be, I'll throw it out there um, yeah. and just get a chance to kind of share just a little bit more so about me that may not follow me on other platforms. And I do like that when I see other people doing it, I think it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Like, is this too weird? Or is, you know, I think it's because of all the, you know, time on Facebook and you see what's going on on Twitter and TikTok and all this. And I lurk on all those, mainly for research for my clients. Sometimes I'm looking for something and seeing what people are talking about. And somebody told me the other day, they said, you know, like you're everywhere. I said, well, I have to be like, I just want to absorb, you know, like if I'm at the gym, even if I hear what seems like maybe interesting conversation. I rarely do this, but I will occasionally turn off my headset to see if there's anything interesting. And I, I get ideas, yeah. you know, yeah. not really eavesdropping. Yeah. I don't care. It's never, it's rarely anything that interesting. But. If people are having it in a public space, it's fair game. <laughs> yeah. And I'm standing right there, but they, right. they don't think anyone can hear because they, have, you know, I have my headphones on and stuff, but but yeah, are there particular strategy to drive like that personal thought leadership And then also at the same time, elevating your brand awareness. What would you suggest? Yeah, I mean, I would say a few things. Don't feel like you have to one post all the time, every day, three times a day. It's all about building consistency and maintaining consistency. But one, like just start with once a week as you know, get going on that and give yourself your the energy to do that and engage with people. Don't post and leave. You know, if you post and leave and you never engage with anyone or comment back or it it just kind of dies and you'd also don't build your presence on the platform. So spending time building a community is so critical. And so you have to kind of give and take a little bit. You have to post, but you also have to be a member of LinkedIn and be part of the group and comment and share feedback and all those other things. That's That's really important. I always like to say, kind of look at what other people are posting in your space or your industry. It's not there to copy, but see what's working, see what's not working, see what resonates with you and kind of shift your strategy based off of that. See what hashtags people are using. 
that actually does really well on LinkedIn and helps drive a lot of content. Find your voice and your thing. You know, a lot of people are using LinkedIn newsletters. A lot of people are sharing video content. Those are all really great tools to to utilize. But you just kind of have to find your voice and go post very good quality versus quantity every time. Um, and, and give yourself topics that you really want to focus on that you think are going to be valuable from a business perspective, that someone's going to see that and resonate and be like, oh, I want to work with that person. Right. And if you're otherwise, if you're being too salesy, too promotional, you know, it's all about you all the time. You're not bringing anyone into your audience or connecting with anyone, then it doesn't go as far as it could. Yeah. Commenting I've seen is just so important. Like I think it's even more important than posting. It is. Yeah. If I, if I slack on the commenting, I find that my views to my posts go down. I mean, I can see it. Do you shield? Are you a, a shield user? Shield? I'm not a shield user. Oh, okay. Cause I can, what I like about the app is that I can get on there and I can organize my posts. Like I can see, like I did it this weekend. Cause I, I've been posting a little bit on Sunday and I was getting some good back and forth, some engagement. And so I, I looked at it to see what were the, my most highly engaging posts. And it was never a Sunday. I just thought that it was, but it was since tends to be Wednesday, Thursday, Monday mm-hmm. is the big thing because I've been posting at least five, if not seven days a week. And I'm just getting burned out. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, a lot. I need to do something it's else. A lot. Yeah. But you're saying even like start once a week and, yeah, if you haven't been doing it and have experience and you're overwhelmed by it, just just start once a week. Block 30 minutes, post something meaningful, and engage for a little bit, and then check it off your list, and then go back. And then it's going to get easier, and you're going to find yourself using it more and more. And then using even monitoring the uh, LinkedIn kind of newsfeed, or they have also those trending topics on the right side. There's key topics that LinkedIn editors are circulating as key areas of focus for that day. They rotate out, but it's actually human editors who are monitoring those topics and pulling in content. It's a fantastic tool. There's not going to be something you can comment on all the time, but there are things that may be relevant to your industry that day. And you can go and engage in that space and that's a great way to build relationships because those are other experts in your industry talking about things. Um, I think from what I saw today, it was something about, you know, like inflation was going down and they, LinkedIn's been focusing on various things just about the economy. But there may be trending topics about a new platform or trending topics about something with Google's new product. And it's there's just a lot of different things that can come through there that you can use and share your expertise on the issue. Yeah, I I haven't checked out the trending topics that much, so that's a good idea. Um, yeah, it's it's a great tool, and I love that it's actual humans that monitor and not robots or right. other AI tools. It's it's an actual it's actual LinkedIn editing team, which is great. Yeah, what do you think about AI? Like, I know people are complaining that AI people are using AI to post on LinkedIn. Have you noticed that, or do you, have you heard any? news about yeah it. you can kind of tell i think ai is great i think it's going to be something that if it's used the smart way it can benefit you know every industry i'm not scared of technology advancement but at the same time someone has to plug in the information and give it the strategy and focus on the voice and the tone because the first thing it spits out it's never at least at this stage of it this could go live in a couple months and that not be the case 
takes, but you have to feed it the strategy and the information and the tone of voice and how you want it to sound. If you want it to sound like you, if you just ask it to spit out a couple of things and you post it, people are going to know that they're going to know that you didn't do that um, or that you didn't write that. So it's using the tool to work for you, but you got to, you got to kind of, you got to massage that a little bit of just right. how do you give it the right content to to spit out the right content. I've been using it to get ideas for, well, sometimes it's topic ideas. It's something, mm-hmm. what is it I'll put in like, you know, what, what are things about X that people aren't talking about so much? Yeah. And I've had good ideas that way. I've asked it to help with headlines and I'll say, this is what, and I mean, this is what I do for a living. So I don't really want to copy it, but it gives me ideas. Usually I'll get literally about 20 before I piece together what will work, but it's not that bad. It tends to overuse words a lot. It does. And I love that as a brainstorm tool though. Like that's how we've used it a lot. You know, we never take it for what it gives us, but it's a great area to get some ideas. Or if you're brainstorming alone, that's, you can start just kind of talking to the tool a little bit and see what it gives you. (laughs) And give it ideas. I I think it's going to be really beneficial. Um, and I know people are fearful of it, but and other people are like, well, I'm I'm not going to hire writers or marketers anymore because we have AI. I'm like, well, still need a strategy because it doesn't work without a strategy. You need someone to be really thinking through that. The AI tool can't do that, and you need someone to feed it the right information the right way. And that is right from what we're seeing right now. It's an art form to get it yeah. to get it right the right it, data information there. Exactly. It doesn't get the emotion. Like when I no. write copy and I, and this is a thing is it doesn't, it can't interview your customers. It can't right. get into what their real emotional challenges are. And that's right. really what, you know, we make decisions based on emotion. So I've found, and I'm always happy when I see that it can't do something because it's like, all right, yeah. my job is secure because right. it's, <laughs> it's repetitive and a lot of times it just drones on and on about things. And and I'll say even like what I found it helpful for, for me is to take an entire interview and I'll put it in. I have the one that you pay $20 a month for because my copywriting coach said, just get it. It's so much better. So, all right. <laughs> so, But I'll cut and paste the whole thing in there and say, pull out and extract the main points of this mm-hmm. whole conversation. Even then it's, it, it gets some of it, but I always have to go back and, Sometimes the really good stuff it misses. So it kind of glosses over, but it's helpful for organizing. And and then I can kind of know where I want to hone in. So I've been using it. And sometimes it's even just real quick. I'll keep it open. I'll say, what's another word for something? I get lazy. I don't want to look on cinnamon, synonym.com. And it will pop out a bunch of synonyms for something. And it's whatever you put in it. Yeah, it is. And you're right. It's, it often can miss the key points and there are things that it won't ever know. It doesn't, you're right. It doesn't know your customer. It doesn't know the emotional pull behind it. You've got years and years of knowledge in your brain that's, that just can't be poured into a computer sometimes. And I think people miss that and forget that. And that is your, what we're going to see now though is a crazy amount of content being produced, even more so because it's so accessible now. Yeah, And it's going to be about what is the right quality of content that's going to stand out from the rest. And that takes people. It takes people editing it. It takes teams. It takes experts. It takes a strategy. 
And I think people will see that, that they'll get, people get sick of seeing the same kind of stuff over and over. Um, and they'll want a better strategy. I'm, I'm excited for that opportunity, just to how do we make it work for us versus being fearful of not using it at all. Or fighting it. You end up like, right. oh, no, nothing's going digital or, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's here and it's, it's, it is taking over again. It's, it's all about the strategy at the end of the day. Well, I talked about somebody on LinkedIn posted about, I forget what they said about AI, but it was, I had told them there was a, a news story about an eating disorder hotline that was using all AI and it was giving such bad advice that they had to get back. I mean, they had no, I mean, if you're calling up, you have like a, a physical problem or a disorder, like an eating disorder, yeah. you don't be talking to an AI but they had already gotten rid of all of their, I forget where this was. They got rid of all their their live people that were answering the phones and they replaced it with AI. And then they had to get them all back because they were telling people, they were giving people bad advice. I'm like, see, I mean, you have to know, don't be dumb about it. <laughs> yeah, that that is awful. I, you know, if someone's like struggling and going through a hard moment in their life, I don't want to talk to a computer I don't want to talk to a computer anyways. I'm the, I'm the person pressing zero a hundred times till <laughs> I get through to an agent on anything, you know, but I can't imagine it in that scenario. That's really, that's just disappointing that people are kind of shifting towards that. Um, yeah. There's some, and it, there's some things you just can't replace people with. No. I mean, where's the empathy? You can't get empathy from right. a ro- robot. You can't right. get, you know, understanding or, hey, I've been there before. You know, it's eating disorder. Hardly. You've never even eaten anything. How are you going to know what it's like? Exactly. You have no emotional attachment to food. So, right. Well, if you were to give advice for business executives who say, all right, we really want to focus on our personal brand, what would you suggest or what you, would you suggest they tell their people so they can become thought leaders? I think the biggest thing would be kind of what's the goal that's driving this? Because at the end of the day, if you're getting on just posting to say you posted, it's not going to be meaningful of your time. And especially for executives who are all over the place and meetings and they have a lot of decision making to do. You have to focus on what's the greater goal. If our goal is sales for this, if the goal is the release of a product launch and I need to be the voice behind that explaining it. So really establishing goals, I think is the number one thing. I would say anywhere from one to three, you don't need 20. What are the key areas of focus? Is it getting your name out there and growing your personal brand? Is it your sales team helping them get out there more? Whatever that may be, establish that and then create your strategy around it. So what are themes that you can focus on each month of topic areas? Um, and How do you kind of build out content from there? And then I think the other thing is just really focusing that it's not all what we call you-driven content. Don't post about yourself 24-7. People will get turned off by that and not follow or engage. Make it where you're inviting people onto your platform. We do this with interview series a lot, similar to a podcast, but they can be done via email um, if you don't have time or you're just nervous to be on camera or spend time talking to someone that's recorded. You know, there's several ways you can do it, but invite people onto that, onto your platform. Talk about them, engage with them, share their message. People will come back for that. And it's also going to drive your audience growth even more because someone's going to be sharing that because you invited them onto your platform. So it's, I would say it's establishing goals, focus on uh, topic themes to really hone in your message and don't make it all about you. 
invite some people on to your platform to help create that kind of extension of your audience there. Yeah. And that all makes great sense. Cause yeah, I, I do notice with, cause I have a, a brand, a company page and I, I'm never on it because I never get any yeah. interaction on it. So you know, right. Yeah. It takes so much more effort. If you are going to use the company page and you are running a company, make sure your team is sharing it, make sure you're sharing it. And then if you're really want to showcase your amazing company culture, you know, so many businesses have, be the executive who engages with their employees, share it, like it, comment on what they're doing. If they're out in the community, celebrate them, celebrate their wins. That stuff goes really far and it's genuine and it just showcases that you care. And people who want to work for you will see that or people who are interested in your company will see that. That you're a real person. Exactly. Exactly. Well, this has been awesome. Where can people find you or connect with you or your company? Yeah. So zilkermedia.com, all of our information is there. Um, we have a couple of quizzes that we like to do. So um, we have a personal brand quiz. So please take that if you're interested. And then I'm on LinkedIn. So it's Nicole Davidson Williamson. Feel free to reach out. Great. Well, thank you so much, Nicole. I really appreciate you taking the time today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciated it. That wraps up today's episode. I hope you found it as fun to listen to as it was for me to record. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review and be sure to subscribe. And for additional info, visit my website at thecopyworks.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.